This is the Gridley Wave Network. George, George, George of the jungle strong as he can be. Welcome to show 29. I opened up with the classic George of the Jungle theme music because I've been reading how classic media and Studio B Productions are in production on a modern spin to J. Ward's George of the Jungle 1960s classic. On their website, Studio B says, Our newly reinvented hero, George, is a kid trapped inside a young man's body. An irrepressibly enthusiastic, unstoppably heroic, unfortunately clumsy good guy whose on-off switch is stuck permanently in the on position. And it tells us to take a wild jungle ride with our undisputed king of the jungle, his best buddy ape, and friends Magnolia and Ursula as they face an unending stream of amusing, unpredictable problems, often of George's own doing. And the website has some of the uh, production stills, it looks like, and it does look like a George with kind of that modern, funky cartoon style that the Cartoon Network uh, is uh, is known for. Uh, I don't think it it's going to look and feel quite the same as, as what we remember as kids of George in the Jungle from those Saturday mornings, but... George, George, George of the jungle, friend to you and me. And as long as I'm on a Saturday morning cartoon nostalgia kick, take a listen to this. The jungle. Here I was born. And here my parents died when I was but an infant. I would have soon perished too had I not been found by a kindly she-ape named Kala who adopted me as her own and taught me the ways of the wild. I learned quickly and grew stronger each day. And now I share the friendship and trust of all jungle animals. The jungle is filled with beauty and danger. 
and lost cities filled with good and evil. This is my domain, and I protect those who come here. For I am Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. I thought we'd do a little something different today, and I'm going to take some phone calls on the Dateline Jazz Zoom phone line. The number is 555-0220, so give us a call, and uh, maybe I can answer some questions for you. Well, geez, that was quick. Hello, you're on Dateline Jazz Zoom. What can I do you for? What is your name? This is Elmo, the host of Dateline Jazz Zoom. Who are you? We are the green ones of Ma, of the empire of Buck, of the tribe of Tars, Tars. Ah, from Barsoom, my favorite planet. You know, I work for the Barsoomian Blade. Of course, we don't have too many readers among the green men. And I didn't think uh, any of you guys listened to this podcast either. Defective specimens are shot! Well, that explains it. Don't you ever pick up a newspaper, though? As infants, the first thing we hold in our hands are weapons. Huh. Well, what do you do for fun? We love laughter! We love pleasure! What makes us laugh? The death agonies of a fellow being. Okay. Well, did you have a question? Why are you spying on us? You called me. What are you talking about? There can be no peace. Green men are all crazy. I'm going to take the next caller. Hello, this is Dayline Jassoom, Elmo speaking. Did you ever hear of Caproni? Yeah, he was an early Italian navigator, wasn't he? He followed Cook about 1721. What did people think of him? People scoffed at his claims, but I remember reading in his book in which he describes a new continent in the South Seas. Fascinating. What did it look like? A rock-bound, inhospitable coast without beach or harbor, where he could make no landing. He saw no sign of life, called it Caprona, and sailed away. Okay, so why are you telling me all this? I believe that we are looking at the coast of Caprona, uncharted and forgotten for 200 years. Well, that sounds like you got quite an adventure ahead of you. Be sure and give me a call back and let me know how it goes. Dayline Jassoom, you're on the air. Um, Bolu. I knew you were going to be calling, Um. Get off the phone. Dayline Jassoom. I hope this is a more intelligent call. You're on Dateline Jassoom. Go ahead. Half of me is here of Greystoke. Well, what's the other half? The other half is wild. Dateline Jassoom. Uh, yes, George McWhorter. I'm looking forward to the 2007 Dum Dum in Louisville myself. I'll talk to you then. You are on the only podcast for fans of Edgar Rice Burroughs. Go ahead. I would like you gentlemen to explain to me why every villain in every single Tarzan book wants to make it with Jane. What she got that none of the rest of us do. Beats me. I like La. Is the caller there? You're a bad boy. 
Jane, you better go back to the treehouse. Dayline Jessum. Elmo, do you think this bit is getting old? Yes, probably, Della, but I gotta take just one more call. Dayline Jessum, sock it to me. So far, I'm no Tarzan by a long shot. No rope and no matches for a fire. I guess there's no sense in proving to you that I can swing from trees. Oh, Donald. thought that I could get that girl into a Edgar Rice Burroughs podcast. I guess we have time to play one more thing sent in by Wayne James, and this was, uh, the audio was cleaned up a little bit by Ted McCoskey. that was no that was a theme song from i was a teenage werewolf you could have fooled me now do you know what this is no this is the sixth show of a series of a brand new radio series from hollywood we present the san freeberg show with the music of billy May. Peggy Taylor with Dawes Butler, June Foray, Peter Leeds, and the Judd Conlon Rhythm Airs. No use to look for us on TV, because in case you did not know, we're being brought to you on, brought to you on, brought to you on R-A-D-I-O. Our panel of experts are with us once again tonight. Mr. G.L. Spoon, Miss Edna St. Louis, Missouri, and Dr. Linus Quartz. I'm your moderator, Fulbrook Mason. Now, to meet the panelists, first of all, Dr. Quartz, I believe you received your doctor's degree at MIT. Uh, what was your fee? <clears throat> I received my doctor's degree in Little Orphan Annie. <laughs> that was my major. Uh, my minor was Little Abner. Next, Miss Edna St. Louis, Missouri, who received her master's degree in Tarzan. Yes, the uh, subject of my thesis for my master's degree was Tarzan and the Apes and his uh, influence on the 20th century culture. Mm, all right. <laughs> yes. Now, our third panelist, G.L. Spoon, a roving reporter. And you covered the comic strips, didn't you? Uh, that's right. The funnies are my beat, yeah. And what school did you attend? Well, uh, I didn't attend any school as such. Uh, let's just say I'm from the school of hard knocks. That's not original, but it's very apt. I, I see. I uh, may not have any doctor's degrees like some other people around here, but uh, I'll go on the $64,000 question anytime with my subject. And that is? Dick Tracy. <laughs> I don't see any reason to go around there with a chip on your shoulder, Mr. Spoon. Look, 
I haven't got any chip on my yeah, shoulder. You have a chip on your shoulder. It's I do obvious. Not, I do not have a chip on my shoulder, Dr. Coit. I don't have to go to college to learn about Dick Tracy. Uh, uh, gentlemen, 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 if you sir. have anything to say, <laughs> please, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Right, now then, the first question today is sent in by a listener is... Uh, why doesn't Tarzan do as much swinging as he used to? <laughs> Dr. Coit? Too old for it. Oh, no. no. Wait a minute, Doctor. Tarzan's my subject. Furthermore, he's not too old. It's Man's just... too old. No, no, no. It's, it's just that his vines aren't so good as they used to be. <laughs> Actually, I think we can dispense with that vine stuff, Miss Missouri. We all know that he uses ropes. Oh, wait a minute. He doesn't use ropes. I guess I ought to know. Yeah. Tarzan uses real genuine ropes. See? I, I mean, he uses vines. Well, look, uh, vines, vines are ropes. The fact is, a 72-year-old man is not going to go <laughs> swinging across the ravine. Oh, no, I mean, uh, sweetheart, you don't know. I know that I don't think little orphan Annie will ever see 45 again. Just a Wait, wait. Now, she's getting a little I mean... Notice that in her dialogue balloon. A little senile, eh? Yeah. Well, I, I think the way she's handling those criminals in the canyon there, it doesn't look like the work of an old lady, does it? Yeah. Oh. All right, no, no, let's let's. I don't uh, think an old lady. Uh, 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 we get on to the next. Whip those criminals. She's a nice yeah. old lady. Uh, could we please <laughs> have anything? Carl is eight years old. I know. Though. When we get on to the next question, I think we have completed that she question. She dyes her hair. She yes, got a red wig. She dyes her hair. You're a real card tonight, aren't you? Yes, you know. That one. Mr. Spoon, did you? Have your hand up? I certainly did. In oh. fact, it went to sleep. Oh. <laughs> We're going to talk about criminals here. I think we should leave that to the Dick Tracy expert. Oh, that's it. That's a wonderful idea. All right, now here's our next question. Is Morin Plenty really guilty of the triple murder? Now we're getting somewhere. Never mind that. It's dull stuff. Dull. What do you mean, dull? dull. <laughs> Not dull. dull. Let's talk about some of the orphan Annie characters. Punjab, for instance. Now there's a man. Oh, Punjab. Punjab. It sounds what like a misprint. Me, that Punjab. Could he drop a leopard with a four-inch letter opener? Listen, he just dropped his cloak over the leopard. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I got my hand up, I got my... One at a time. Look, I was... You got your hand up, go ahead. All right, I'll... Get on, get on. Listen, your hand's still asleep. Yeah, let me talk, I'll have to learn the language. I was under the impression we were talking about Dick Tracy. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Are we going to play the game? Yeah. Dick Tracy is such a world beater. How come he let Morris Lenny's sister-in-law put a 38 caliber bullet in his skull? Yeah, how about now, how that? how come that? It was a 22 short, and it was just a flesh wound. It didn't actually enter the skull. Uh, oh, yeah. Shall we, shall we just, just a moment? Shall we just stick to the it question? The I, I, just, I just want your opinion. That girl in the skimpy dress shot him in the head, and I... I just... Ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience, these are the opinions of our panelists and do not necessarily represent the opinions of CBS Radio and its affiliates. Now, the question is... Yes, well, the question is now, is Morin plenty guilty? Miss Missouri? Guilty. Hmm. Dr. Coyne? Not guilty. Mr. Spoon? I can't express my opinions on this because I may be called in as an expert witness at the time of the trial. <laughs> I, uh, I guess we, we have a hung jury here tonight. <laughs> well, the, uh, the next question, I uh, subject, uh, is wardrobe. Wardrobe. Yes, wardrobe. Does or does not often Annie have more than one red dress? <laughs> Dr. Boyd's hand shot up. You're first. Ah, uh, yes. As a man who has uh, received his doctor's degree 
and little orphan Annie. Mm -hmm. You have got to keep rubbing that in, don't you? I'm not rubbing it in, sir. I'm merely stating a fact. I have a doctor. All right, please. Dr. Floyd had his yep. hand, you know, up the All right, yeah. And when he was a little kid, he was a little fat, spoiled kid. I can tell the time. She changes them daily. Daily? Oh, please. <laughs> I can recognize the same dress day in and day out. Madam, they are different. They are different dresses. That is a fact. Take it from me. That's my subject. She breaks them up with a nice little blue sweater and chic belt and scarf every once in a while. Well, then how does she break up those chic little white cotton stockings? Wait a now, minute. she hasn't changed those stockings in 25 years. <laughs> I take that as a personal affront, sir. A That's personal affront. I intended it as Even if it were the same pair of stockings, I think Annie would rinse them out every night. <laughs> it's so like her. It's so like her. Oh, so like her. She rinses them out. Take it from her. I hold it. Listen, madam, you should look that good in white cotton stockings. Rinse or unrinse? Hey, uh, quite. That Danny Warbucks is a pretty wealthy guy, right? <laughs> Only one of the top billionaires in the world, that's all. That's all. Well, then why doesn't he spring for a few bucks and get her a home permanent? <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. Really looks like a rat's nest. A rat's nest, eh? Listen, madam, I noticed the Marcel has gone out of Tarzan's hair lately. Well, he's Are you a kidding? Uh, uh, well, well, he's wearing a hairpiece. Just, 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 what did what? He's wearing a hairpiece. Well, I suppose that crew cut that Dick Tracy affected is a derriere cree. Oh, no. Oh, look at this gal. You hit a man when he's down and wounded. He's up. He'll, he'll probably get amnesia. No, the man's back on his feet and uh, serves him right, the big jerk. Big jerk? It goes for Tarzan, too. Oh, no. Just oh, no, listen here, Dr. Listen, White Stockings. You insulted him. No, 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 panel show, Face the Funnies. Now, it's good night to Mr. G.L. Spoon. If vandals kidnap you, look for fingerprints on or about your person. That's a crime stopper. <laughs> oh, indeed it is. And Dr. Linus Quint? Yay. Arf, arf. Glorioski, it's been grand being here. And, uh, <clears throat> finally, Mrs. Edna St. Louis, Missouri. Me, panelist, you... Not <laughs> <laughs> And so it's good night until next week. Listen, well, madam, uh, I'd like to take off the white mask. Well, I'd like to tell you about next week's show, but the entire script blew out of my producer's car and he was arrested as a litter bug. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> as soon as he gets up bail, why, I'll let you know. <laughs> I hope you'll be with us next week. Meanwhile, this is Stan Freeberg saying thanks for being with us, God bless you, and good night. <laughs>
Stan Freeberg's show is produced in Hollywood by Pete Barnum and is written by Stan Freeberg, Pete Barnum, and Dawes Butler. Featuring the music of Billy May, Judd Conlon for the Mayors, and the songs of Peggy Taylor, the Dawes Butler, Peter Lee, and June Foray. Bud Stewart speaking. That's it for show 29. Thanks for joining us. Thank you to George of the Jungle. And uh, we'll have to see how the new George compares to my favorite, the old, as portrayed in the Jay Ward 1960s cartoon series. I think there was only like 17 episodes of that TV series, uh, which I didn't realize. But uh, uh, I guess when you're a kid, they can just play them over and over again, and you don't really know the difference. (laughs) And thanks to the callers on our little call-in segment, uh, especially the Green Men, who came to us via uh, Hardcover Theater's production of A Princess of Mars. And let's see, I think George George McWhorter was in there calling in, thanks to him, when his uh, Tarzan yell, and Joan Bledig, boy, she's a good friend of mine and I can't pronounce her name, Joan Bledig, who called in from all the way from the Ecoff Convention, back in August 2006. And thanks also to Wayne James, Ted McCoskey, who continued to come in, come through with some good uh, little sound, uh, sound bites of various things for me to play. I'll talk to you in two weeks. This is Elmo from the Barsoomian Blade Bureau in Chicago, signing off. <laughs> The jungle is filled with beauty and danger and lost cities filled with good and evil.